You're listening to The World in My Eyes. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, 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 Renegade Nation Atlanta. And welcome to yet another episode of The World in My Eyes, where I get the opportunity of sharing all the crazy voices in my head and, you know, so that you can share in all the craziness. And we have spent such a great deal of time getting so very intimate with each other. But in case you're new, I am the naughty mistress with the mostest, the melodic goddess, and the deviant diva, naughty Nicole Delacroix. And before we jump into today's episode, and by the way, we'll be jumping in with both feet to the deep end, I do want to remind all you naughty little listeners out there that the Renegade Talk Radio Network is growing every single day. Seriously, if you have not been to the new website, you are missing out. You just don't know. Go. Go now. No, wait. Wait until the show is over, then go. I promise you, you're going to want to bookmark it because there are so many fascinating and provocative shows on the website. You're really going to want to come back day in and day out. Make sure you subscribe to our RSS feed. Don't forget it because I promise you this, you don't want to miss what's coming up next. And if you happen to need a break from all the great talk radio on Renegade, I know every now and again I like a little musical interlude myself, then don't forget to check out Sky Pilot Radio, playing the best music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. All right, let's jump into today's topic, my little heathens, because I can't wait. On today's episode of The World in My Eyes, we're talking love. Ah, yes, l'amour, passion, love. That's right. Everybody needs love, and life is so much richer when you do have it. And every year, the 14th day of February has millions across the world presenting their loved ones with candy, flowers, chocolates, and other lovely little gifts. Hint, hint, intimate gifts. Hint, hint, hint. In many countries, restaurants and eateries are seen to be filled with couples who are eager to celebrate their relationship and the joy of their togetherness through delicious cuisines. There hardly seems to be a young man or woman who's not keen to make the most of that day. The reason behind all of this? Well, we owe it all to a kindly cleric named Valentine, who died more than a thousand years ago. So attention must be paid. That's right, my lovelies. We're talking about the real history of Valentine's Day. And surprisingly, it's not just a greeting card and candy holiday. Now, it's not exactly known why the 14th of February is known as Valentine's Day, or if the noble Valentine really had any relation to this day. The history of Valentine's Day is pretty much impossible to be obtained from any archive, and the veil of centuries gone by has made the origin behind this day even that much more difficult to trace. But we do have some legends that are our source for the history of Valentine's Day, so take aim at that stupid Cupid, and let's jump right on in. The modern St. Valentine's Day celebrations are said to have derived from both ancient Christian and Roman traditions. As per one legend, the holiday had originated from the ancient Roman festival of Lupercalius or Lupercalia, which was a fertility celebration that used to be observed annually on February 15th. 
but the rise of Christianity in Europe saw many pagan holidays being renamed and dedicated to some early Christian martyrs. And Lupercalia was no exception. No, sorry. In 496 AD, Pope Galatius turned Lupercalia into a Christian feast day and set its observance a day earlier on February 14th. Maybe he just liked to eat. I don't know. He proclaimed February 14th to be the feast day in honor of St. Valentine, a Roman martyr who lived in the 3rd century. And it is this St. Valentine whom the modern Valentine's Day honors. According to the Catholic Encyclopedia, there were at least three early Christian saints that held the name Valentine. While one was a priest in Rome, another was a bishop in Turney, nothing is really known about the third St. Valentine, except he met his tragic end somewhere in Africa. Surprisingly, all three of them were said to have been martyred on 14th of February. It is clear that Pope Galatius intended to honor the first of these men. But many scholars still believe that St. Valentine was a priest who lived around 270 AD in Rome and attracted the disfavor of Roman Emperor Claudius II, who ruled during that time. Now, the story of St. Valentine, well, it has two different versions, the Protestant and the Catholic one. But both versions agree that St. Valentine was a bishop who held secret marriage ceremonies for soldiers in opposition to Claudius II, who had prohibited marriage for young men, and of course was eventually executed by said Claudius. During the lifetime of Valentine, the golden era of Roman Empire had almost come to an end. Lack of quality administrators led to frequent civil strife. Education declined, taxation increased, and trade witnessed a very bad time. It was not pretty. No, no, no. The Roman Empire faced crisis from all sides, from the Gauls, Slavs, Huns, Turks, and Mongolians, from Northern Europe and in Asia. The empire had grown too large to be shielded from external aggression and internal chaos with existing forces. Naturally, more and more capable men were required to be recruited as soldiers and officers to protect the nation from takeover. When Claudius became the emperor, he felt that married men were more emotionally attached to their families and thus will not make good soldiers. He believed that marriage made men weak. So he issued an edict forbidding marriage to assure quality soldiers. The ban on marriage was a great shock for the Romans, but they dared not voice their protest against the mighty emperor. The kindly Bishop Valentine also realized the injustice of the decree. He saw the trauma of young lovers who gave up all hope of ever being united in marriage. He planned to counter the monarch's orders in secrecy. When lovers thought of marrying, they went to Valentine, who met them afterwards in a secret place and joined them in the sacrament of matrimony. And thus, he secretly performed many marriages for young lovers. But such things cannot remain hidden for long. It was only a matter of time before Claudius came to know of this friend of lovers, and had him arrested. While awaiting his sentence in prison, Valentine was approached by his jailer, Asterius. <laughs> 
It was said that Valentine had some saintly abilities, and one of them granted him the power to heal people. Asterius had a blind daughter, and knowing of the miraculous powers of Valentine, he requested the latter to restore the sight of his blind daughter. The Catholic legend has it that Valentine did this through the vehicle of his strong faith, a phenomenon refuted by the Protestant version, which agrees otherwise with the Catholic one. Whatever the fact, it appears that Valentine in some way did succeed in helping Asturias's blind daughter. When Claudius II met Valentine, he was said to have been impressed by the dignity and conviction of the latter. However, Valentine refused to agree with the emperor regarding the ban on marriage. It is also said that the emperor tried to convert Valentine to the Roman gods, but was unsuccessful in those efforts as well. Valentine refused to recognize Roman gods, and even attempted to convert the emperor, knowing the consequences fully. And this, of course, angered Claudius II, who gave the order of execution of Valentine. Meanwhile, a deep friendship had been formed between Valentine and Asterius's daughter. It caused great grief to the young girl to hear of his friend's imminent death. It is said that just before his execution, Valentine asked for a pen and paper from the jailer and signed a farewell message to her from your Valentine, a phrase that lived ever after. And from another legend, Valentine fell in love with the daughter of the jailer during his imprisonment. However, that legend doesn't seem to be given much importance by historians, but since it's Valentine's Day, we're going to go with the romantic one. Now, the most plausible story surrounding St. Valentine is one that's not centered on a passionate love, but rather on his Christian love. He was martyred for refusing to renounce his religion. And Valentine was believed to have been executed on February 14th, 270 A.D. Thus, February 14th became a day for all lovers, and Valentine became its patron saint. And it began to be annually observed by young Romans who offered handwritten greetings of affection, known as Valentines, on this day to the women that they admired. With the coming of Christianity, the day came to be known as St. Valentine's Day. But it was only during the 14th century that St. Valentine's Day became definitively associated with love. UCLA medieval scholar Henry Anger Kelly, author of Chaucer and the Cult of St. Valentine, credits Chaucer as the one who first linked St. Valentine's Day with romance. In medieval France and England, it was believed that birds mated on February 14th. Hence, Chaucer used the image of birds as the symbol of lovers in poems dedicated to the day. In Chaucer's The Parliament of Fowls, The Royal Engagement, The Mating Season of Birds, and St. Valentine's are all related in this quote. For this on St. Valentine's Day, when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate. By the Middle Ages, Valentine became as popular as to become one of the most popular saints in England and France. Despite attempts by the Christian Church to sanctify the holiday, the association of Valentine's Day with romance and courtship continued through the Middle Ages, and the holiday evolved over the centuries. By the 18th century, gift-giving and exchanging handmade cards on Valentine's Day had become commonplace in England. 
Handmade Valentine cards made of lace, ribbons, and featuring cupids and hearts began to be created on this day and handed over to the man or woman that you loved. This tradition eventually spread to the American colonies. It wasn't, it wasn't until the 1840s that Valentine's Day greeting cards became, began to be commercially produced in the U.S., the first American Valentine's greeting card was created by Esther A. Hollanda, Mount Holyoke, a graduate and native of Worcester, Mass. Howland, known as the mother of the Valentine, made elaborate creations with real lace, ribbons, and colorful pictures known as scrap. It was when Howland began Valentine's cards in a large scale that the tradition really caught on in the United States. And today... Valentine's Day is one of the major holidays in the U.S. and has become a booming commercial success. According to the Greeting Card Association, 25% of all cards sent every year are Valentine's. The Valentine's, as Valentine's Day cards are better known as, are often de designed with hearts to symbolize love. Although, that's kind of a misnomer because the heart as we know it, well, it's actually fashion to look as a woman's behind as she's bending over. So all you ladies out there that dotted your eyes in high school with little hearts, they were actually little asses, but I'm okay with that. Anyways, the Valentine Day card spread with Christianity and is now celebrated all over the world. One of the earliest Valentines was sent in 1415 AD by Charles, Duke of Orleans, to his wife during his imprisonment in the Tower of London. The card is now preserved in the British Museum. Well, now that our hearts are all aflutter with the slow burning embers of love, well, it's time to show a little love to our sponsors and maybe check out a little music. You're listening to The World in My Eyes. I am Naughty Nicole, and this is Renegade Talk Radio Atlanta. So take aim, Cupid. We're coming for you. And take heed, my young lovers. Meet me back here after the break. Fellas, didn't get what you were hoping for from Santa Claus this year? Looking to add a little spice to things in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about an adventurous new adult toy or movie? Well, then we have an offer that you won't be able to resist. Go to toysforpleasure.vegas and for a limited time, you'll get 20% off store-wide and we'll even throw in free shipping for any order above $100. And no, we're not teasing. So check out toysforpleasure.vegas today and use special offer code BABE69 upon checkout and make sure all your adult fantasies come true with toysforpleasure.vegas today. Remember, use offer code babe69 that's b a b e 69 to receive a 20% discount on your entire order and gift the gift that santa forgot to give this year hey stupid cupid stop picking on me welcome back renegade nation 
And if you're just tuning in, well, this is still the world in my eyes, and I am still Naughty Nicole. And today we're talking about that hateful holiday that makes all single people hate their very existence for a full 24 hours. That's right, folks, we're talking Valentine's Day. And we can't possibly talk about this subject and not touch on the fact of how ridiculously expensive it is. Sure, it's nice to know how to save money on flowers and make affordable romantic dinners and find some good excuses not to buy your girlfriend that jewelry. But what is that real story behind this expensive holiday? And that's right, I'm going to throw some stuff at you folks. So let's talk about the price of love. The average American will spend $119.67 on Valentine's Day this year. And that's up from the average of last year of $100.89. By the way, men spend almost twice as much on Valentine's Day than women do. And that's a big surprise, right? This year, the average men will spend about $156, and the average woman will only spend about $85. More than one-third of men would prefer not receiving a gift. Less than 20% of women feel the same way. I'm easy. Buy me chocolate. Around the season, a dozen long-stemmed red roses can cost an average of $75 or about 30% more than their normal price of $58. And more than 9 million pet owners are expected to buy gifts for their pets this Valentine's Day. But don't buy any chocolate for your dog because it's not good for them. 15% of U.S. women are going to send flowers to themselves on Valentine's Day. That's kind of sad. And let's talk about the birds and the bees. Because that's really what we want to talk about, right? According to the condom company Durex, condom sales are highest around Valentine's Day, which is about 20 to 30% higher than normal. (laughs) Big surprise there, right? (laughs) And on that same vein, more at-home pregnancy tests are sold in March than in any other month. Wonder why? (laughs) And... Just to close out that subject, penicillin, a most popular treatment for venereal diseases like syphilis, was introduced to the world on, you guessed it, February 14th, 1929. (laughs) And you know what? I choo-choo-choose you. Yes, I do. Teachers receive the most valentines, followed by kids, mothers, wives, and then sweethearts. And over 50% of all Valentine's Day cards are purchased in the six days prior to the holiday. So guess what? It's about four days, so you better hurry up, because the pickings are going to get slim. The oldest surviving Valentine, as I told you, dates from 1415, and it was a poem that was written by Charles, Duke of Orleans, to his wife. And at that time, he was being held in the Tower of London following his capture at the Battle of Agincourt. When billion valentines are sent every year worldwide, making it the second largest card-sending holiday of the year behind Christmas. And guess what? Women purchase approximately 85% of all valentines. Are you guys doing the math on this? Because, guys, I'm with you on this. We like to send cards, and we expect you to buy us presents. Yeah, that's kind of how that one works. (laughs) And in the very classic Simpson episode, Lisa gives Ralph a valentine with a picture of a locomotive saying, I choo-choo-choose you. And did you know that Hallmark produced its very first valentine back in 1913? But today, 
Hallmark employs an 80-person research staff to analyze the sales patterns of previous Valentines. That analysis, combined with more than 100,000 annual customer interviews, focus groups, and in-store observations, will help create roughly 2,000 cards in Hallmark's core Valentine's Day line. And while Hallmark offers thousands of different cards for Valentine's Day, one card was the top choice of customers in New York and Los Angeles and virtually every other city in the country in 2006. And let's talk about sharing the love, like all the way around the world. Did you know that in Japan, women are expected to give chocolate and other gifts to men on Valentine's Day? Sounds to me like the Japanese men have figured out that the women are a little bit slack on the gift giving, huh? Now, this tradition was started as a marketing campaign by Japanese chocolate companies. Now, unfortunately, men are not off the hook. No, no, no. In fact, they're expected to return the favor on March 14th, which they call White Day. And the BBC reports that Shiv Sena, a nationalist political party in India, has spoken out against Valentine's Day, calling it nothing but a Western onslaught on India's culture to attract youth for commercial purposes. Wow, they didn't see that one coming, did they? And the Ivory Coast is the world's largest producer of coca, the main ingredient in chocolate. In 2001, the U.S. State Department reported that child slavery on many cocoa farms in the Ivory Coast. And a 2002 report from the International Institute of Tropical Agriculture estimated that there were some 284,000 children working on cocoa farms in hazardous conditions. Think about that the next time you buy chocolate. It's not going to get me to stop eating dark chocolate. It's just not going to happen. Sorry. And of course, the roots of St. Valentine's Day can always be traced back to the Roman fertility festival of Lupercalia. And on Lupercalia, a young man would draw the name of a young woman in a lottery and would then keep the woman as a sexual companion for the year. Oh, hell, let's bring that one back. Man, I could use that. (laughs) And in the Middle Ages, young men and women drew names from a bowl to see who their valentines would be. They would wear these names on their sleeves for a week. Today, to wear your heart on your sleeve means being transparent with your affections. And yeah, we're going to file that one under legends because I'm not sure that one's actually true. And of course, I've told you that there were three different St. Valentines, all mentioned by the martyrologies of the Roman Catholic Church. But did you know the Catholic Church actually struck St. Valentine's Day from its official calendar in 1969? Wasn't that the summer of love? Wait a minute. Something is amiss there. And the phrase, sweets for the sweet, is a line from Shakespeare's Hamlet, Act 5, Scene 1. Tom Hiddleston would be so proud of me. I quoted Shakespeare. (laughs) And just a couple of famous Valentine's Day weddings for you. The Captain and Tennille, Elton John and Renate Bluall, Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid, Jerry Garcia and Deborah Coons, and Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Anybody notice a pattern there? Pretty much all of them divorced. That's right. That's right. It's true. I'm sorry to say it. If you get married on Valentine's Day... You are 90% going to be divorced within the first 10 years. Sorry to say it. But let's talk about the people who were born on Valentine's Day. Oh, they make our hearts sing, don't they? How about Frederick Douglass in 1817, Jack Benny in 1894, 
Jimmy Hoffa in 1913, Hugh Downs in 1921, Florence Henderson in 1943, Carl Bernstein in 1944, Tim Buckley in 1946, Gregory Hines in 1946, Jules Asner in 1968, Rob Thomas in 1972, and Steve McNair in 1973. And you did have me at hello. Yes, you did. University of Maryland has a team of academic experts dedicated to educating the media about Valentine's Day. No matter what angle you're covering, the University of Maryland has the Valentine's Day expert for you. Check out their official website. For every 120 single men who are in their 20s, there are 100 single women in the same age range. Seriously, where are these men? (laughs) And... The story changes drastically when we look at people over 65. Beyond 65, there are 33 single men for every 100 single women at the same age range. I guess all that extra money you guys spend on Valentine's Day does take a toll on you. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm a cheap date. Buy me a box of dark chocolates and take me to a cheap restaurant. I'm a happy girl. And with that, We've come to the end of our episode, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope that you'll make sure to reach out to me today, because I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can find me at my website, www.nicole-delacroix.com, or on Twitter at at Nicole Delacroix. That's our time for today, and I do want to thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio Atlanta, and don't forget to tune in next time. Until then, my precious little heathens, remember this. I love you with all of my boobs. I would say my heart, but my boobs are bigger. Happy Valentine's Day, my precious little heathens, and see you next time. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.